We back for episode 198 of the Big Gold Bell Podcast. I'm the host, Stu Chains. I'm here with Jamal. I am here with Marcellus, and I have a returning or long. It seems like everyone's coming out the cut nowadays. Now, <laughs> D Wayne, what's up, my dude? Man, just living life. Been... Living. You know, you're gonna have to come better than that. You've been you've been maybe a hiatus for like a year. So if Aaron, if Aaron came back and brought us up to speed, what, what's really where you been? Man, pri- private school ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, podcasts are free, so <laughs> you know with extra money because extra time you don't have. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, good to have you back. And uh, for the other two gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I didn't realize we were that close to two hundred. Yeah, two hundred, and that's not even counting extracurriculum episodes and you know interviews and special stuff but we're at 200 so anyway uh good to have y'all tonight um we got some cool things to talk about uh first off i need to make two announcements number one um i'm gonna give a special uh a special shout out to you two who decide to yank a few of my videos today uh, because WWE apparently decided that my, my videos of the crowd chanting and stuff from the Mae Young Classic was deemed a copyright issue. So there's that. Um, but it was fun while I lasted. And also, too, uh, step over to uh, com slash donate as our Patreon page is up and live. Um, so if you want to be part of the exclusive of class of fans um sign up for that sign up for the tier that suits you best as we will be having a bunch of exclusive stuff coming your way from merch um exclusive access and and other cool things so check it out let us know what you think and uh become a member so again step over to bigoboatgroup.com slash donate to become an official bgb patron so um with that being said let's get into the show tonight um my uh, my monument all in a monumental event has finally came and it's over uh we all hopefully got a chance to watch it um i think we did for everyone that's here um i know that me and jamal spent a very extensive time analyzing it and uh we definitely you know see, you know see that's the part of the patreon stuff that you could be part of be part of that early discussion discussion very raw as we give our reflections immediately after and um you know chat with us about stuff like that so all that type of stuff is what members will get but anyway it did happen um and i'll just open the floor what did you, what did you guys think what's your takeaways um just quick re- quick reactions about it so I, I, if you don't mind i'll start um and i yeah. want to get piggyback on what jamal said last week and we kind of agreed on this part just by this show being available by the show just being put on it was already going to be a success coming out the gate i thought it did a great hit but it didn't knock it out the park be- only because of the card structure i thought some matches should have went on earlier than they did 
and some matches were later than I thought they shouldn't have been that well, late. Explain. So, for example, for for All In to be what it is, and 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 even though he's my favorite wrestler, Cody Rhodes did put a lot in in this regime to try to get the show together. That I felt that it should have been him that closed the show, especially for the NWA title. Um, and the match was to me the match of the night of the storytelling like of his whole independent career. Like if you think back to his tweets that he put out when he left WWE and had the little checklist of who he wants to fight in the independent scene, this is like the, the ending story of that chapter before he moves on to the next thing. And I think close having that as the closeout show, especially with the people that he came out with of how the match went. Um, I thought it should have closed the show. Um, but- and I think it would have had a bigger impact if it did. So I have a question. Do you think that, First, I think him not closing the show shows more about himself as how he views match structure as well as who decides to go last. I mean, it would be easy for him to pick and have his match go last, but the fact that he didn't really told me a lot about him himself as a person. And that's true. That is true. Um, and, and, and like, let's say, for example, if you had different matches that follow it did just as good, you know, um, or better than his match, then it'd be fine. But it was just the way that match was. Like, for example, let's take it back to WrestleMania 27. And even though The Miz, The Rock, and John Cena was going to end the whole WrestleMania 27, if you really think about how that card was structured, Triple H uh, versus Undertaker should have ended the show. Um, if you think about going to, I think it was WrestleMania 29, and even though John Cena and The Rock was the big match to be had, CM Punk and Undertaker should have ended the show because of what the match was and what it could have been as far as storytelling. Your mega matches should be that way. Um, and you always won't get it perfect as far as the card structure. But in a, in a situation like this, where it basically, and I'm not saying he's the only one that, that bring it together, but he did a lot of the promo work about it. I thought he should have went on. But yes, you, you're, you're right, Dwayne. He showed a lot about his character and stuff that he did not put himself over others because of the industry and wanted to be about the team well, per se and putting in that match. But I thought it should end the show. Just to leave no assumptions here. You're saying character, but you're saying character as him as a person, not him as a character in wrestling. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? I think the uh, match structure was fine. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think that you had some, uh, pretty serious matches, including, uh, you know, and it's a pretty, um, like, you know, comical matches. So you had Stephen Amell versus Christopher Daniels and, you know, a, a meaningful match that doesn't, you know, but doesn't have any real significance. And then uh, the women's match. And then you go into the big match of Cody versus uh, Nick Aldis. But then after Hangman Page um, and that, you know, craziness, you had Jay Lethal. Uh, and Flip Gordon for the Ring of Honor Championship. Okay, fine. But then after that, it kicked into another gear as it was Kenny versus Penta, Okada versus Marty Scurll in the main event. Uh, the Golden Elite versus Ray Jr. and friends. So, like, the way it was structured it was, like, they're definitely building towards something bigger at every, you know, few matches. The only thing that it's easy to say that um, Cody versus Nick was the match of the night which I disagree with, but fine, was because the main event was cut so short. And they wanted to go, 
Right. They wanted to go 26 minutes, 28 minutes or something like that. They wound up going 11 minutes and 48 seconds and finishing the show with three seconds left before pay-per-view was going to kick them off the air. Uh, the Okada versus Marty Skrull match went 12 minutes too long. Uh, and that, that's what the rumor is. Yeah, and I was, I, was, I was just going to address that as it being a rumor. It's so much. It's so many people backing that claim that it almost does not become a rumor, but a fact. And it's coming from high level people such as Jr. and so on saying that it was extremely a mistake that it went that long and that it indeed went over what the schedule was. So now um, and, and, and not to rig your point, but now do we do we look at them as being unprofessional? For doing such a thing like that, no. twelve minutes is no a hard mistake. No, no, I, no. I look at it as more so the show structure. I mean, it was their first time really doing an event like this, so this is just a preparation for the next one. Or so, just exposes it's like like you said, it's the first time doing it. it just exposes that although of everything, it all came down together. There was a flaw. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let me let me, me see this then. Um, did you know? while watching the match in the moment that it went 12 minutes too long you wouldn't have picked that up no 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 right. or or or, right. or so my point is when we we talk to people and we have a good conversation going or something like that and there are other points that we want to make but we're having a conversation on one particular topic do you go well there's only 20 minutes left in the show you could either cut it uh, in the middle of a good conversation, or you can keep it going and get to your other questions. Well, too many, may or may not be too many people aren't involved here. You know, the ref, the ref, uh, the the bell person. A lot of people, you know, and there's indications that the ref did try to cut it. Um, the the ref is obviously uh, Mike Thin, so you know he's getting he's getting the call. So, um, it's not that it's not that I would ultimately go as far as saying like it's unprofessional, but. I will say that there is a form of ignorance here when you are getting indication that you need to wrap it up. And I understand that these are two of the best, you know, in the world to do it. Um, this is their opportunity that they have against each other and they want to create something special. So, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, rig your moment when you have your moment. But then at the same time, you kind of look back to say like, well, I did still, you know, someone else's shine. So, um, right, and, and that was the case, and I'm not going to say that like it was. I don't think it was purposeful uh, on the part of Okada and, and Marty yeah, Skrull. Not at all. Um, I, but I do think that uh, because it's live TV and things happen, you kind of got to just go with it. Yeah, and, and they did, and, and they did, and they had to make it work, and they took a 26 minute match that which should have been the main event and truncated it down to you know 12, and yeah. everybody still got their spots in. And everybody, and it was still pretty awesome. They did 147 flips in 12 minutes, which may be a record. And, and that's the only that's the only blemish. That's the only thing that, that's keeping this pay per view from being absolutely perfect. But the real is, if I can see Okada versus Marty go for 26 minutes by accident, then that's a that's a good problem to have. It <laughs> is. It is. And I'll say this, and this is what I brought in last week in the show. The way they wanted to set this up is they wanted to have a show that was great enough that you want to have a season two and or a part two. And I think yeah. they did more than enough to have this. Now, the question is, do you want to do this as an annual thing this time of the year, every year, which could be great right after SummerSlam? And you can maybe switch locations um, or have a surprise location each year. Or is it something that you want to do like, you know, twice a year, three times a year? Is Where do you want to go from this now? I mean, I, well, go ahead. 
I, I think the important thing is they need to, as as anybody that does any event, social conventions, whatever is, um, success is a good feeling. Um, ca- counting the, the the dollars is a good feeling. Yeah. But you know, you have to sit back at the at the table and analyze: the, is this something that needs to continue because of and weighing the pros and cons, or um, as we say at work. Um, uh, uh, lessons learned, and you know everyone's already booking all in too. But again, you get again you have to think of a lot of different factors um, that plays into a, a year from now that that could ultimately not breed the same success. The people that's involved here, um, big money could be calling their way, um, and you know ROH and New Japan may not be so willing to lend talent because of the fact that. How much money did they make out of this? Right. Uh, some of these people that was considered draw power for them, will they be signed? Um, you know, Vince McMahon obviously played very close to tension, and right. he doesn't seem to be in the market for sharing. Otherwise, we may have a WCW still around. Um, so there's a lot of factors that can go into all, automatically booking next year. But as far as this year, um, I think they did absolutely spectacular job uh i i thoroughly enjoyed it um i wish will was here because i know will mate was very adamant about saying this online there's no reason to have to you know bring in the fact of saying all in was good it was better than wwe this is not a comparison thing they did their thing and that's what it was um and of course it's wrestling so of course you're going to see parallels and dynamics and so on i mean the stage looked like a new japan stage granted but nonetheless, it was it all in for what all in was. It was absolutely great. I also think uh, one of my positives I want to take out of it is I do like, um, which I think NST does that I really like too, is how the likes were centered around the stage where it gives you that big fight boxing feel. I definitely like the, the, um, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the presentation in that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. But it, no, I, I agree. I thought it was a, a fantastic show. The matches were great. Uh, the main event is the end, which was still great, but it, the, but because they had to rush the end in so badly, um, everything was great. The only thing that I will say, because the main event is what it is, uh, MJF uh, versus uh, what Matt Cross was the only match that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both advertised. But they weren't advertised to be in a match together, so I don't know why well, that came about. I don't know how it came about. The match yeah. was fine. Yeah, no, it no, didn't no. Need to be there. No, no, and and that's my other point too. I was surprised during a women match that it was called the four way something scramble or something. Um, it was um a four corner survival match. Wasn't it originally booked as a tag team match? No, it wasn't. I don't think so. I, 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 for some odd reason, I thought it was a tag team match um, initially. And then when they called it a four way scramble, I was just like, I didn't think that. But anyway, the other funny thing about that was Emma calling commentary for Chelsea Green, which we know they have a, co- they had a common interest in, um, was Zach Ryder. Hmm. So there was points of, it seemed to be sort of, uncomfortable <laughs> testy as you were saying testy yeah <laughs> but um i mean look if you can nitpick 
problems were all in. I just don't know, man. Like it was just literally, it was a good show. These guys are very, very they're they're brainiacs within um within the wrestling company. I mean, Cody comes from a very tremendous pedigree. Um, let it be known. Um and uh the Bucks, their family, uh, you know, wives and all uh played a very, very very well. Yeah, I mean, like these, you're talking about, they are uh, merch queens and kings, and they just, they just, they just got it all put together. But nonetheless, put on the show is still put on the show, and for them to do this the first time, um, you know, self funded, even yep. giving spots to the people they got sponsorships with. The Cracker Barrel was absolutely great. Um, you got to give it to these guys, man. And, and and then you know, the ultimate thing is too is uh, you know. Obviously, the young the young bucks uh, marks were all in the building, so everyone knew who they were. But this this gave like people like Flip Gordon a, a showcase, and and what a what a year this guy has had from somebody you did not know initially to being a a, a cornerstone in their YouTube uh, series to you know you know having a match, and you know he's a common name out of your mouth now, so like. You know, everyone involved and the way how they did this, not a bad comment came from anyone that, you know, was within this organization. But, of course, wrestling fans, that's what wrestling fans do, and try to find something to nitpick about or compare to the other company and so on and so on. But mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed it, man. And good luck and good su- success for them. I will hope to see. Hopefully, they can capitalize and more to come. Um, I will, so we can get to the next topic. I will say that um, Stephen Amell, uh, so Stephen Amell that we saw in WWE when he tag team with Neville to Stephen Amell that we saw across the ring from Christopher Daniels. I mean, I don't know how much work this guy's doing on the side, but that that was that was a pretty impressive match from somebody I would not call a wrestler. You guys' mm-hmm. thoughts on uh, any other positives, uh, positive points? No, you, you you summed it up pretty well, but I'll just end by saying this on my perspective. I'm not surprised. And I'm, when I say I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised how successful this show was. Because when you got guys that are very talented in the ring, they can also show that business side, too. And they did it in this show. So I, I, I just it was a great, great moment for them. Yeah, um, actually, I, I am surprised uh, of how well it came together, um, because just because you are a you know, person that can do it in the ring doesn't mean that you know uh, the business side of it. Obviously, you know, they have made, you know, business moves with their merch deal with Hot Topic and with other things of that nature. Um, Cody has like a wine company and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the, what my point is, as far as the wrestling show, it is totally different from going from in-ring talent, listening, going through the motions, listening for the signals and getting out of the ring yep. to running, booking, controlling, managing your entire show. And obviously it's the first time for everything, but for them to do it and to take, you know, their ideas and, and put that from paper to actual real life. Uh, the only question I have is when is the Blu-ray coming out? <laughs> you know, um, I would not be surprised if the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray came with like an exclusive shirt or something like that. I mean, these guys, they market so good that they may actually get people out here buying DVDs and Blu-rays again. So that could be interesting. 
So my question to you guys is, do we need an all-in two? Yes. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not there with it yet. Um, I, I, we don't need we don't need it is the thing. Would I support it? Absolutely. Hell yeah, I would. But do we need it? I mean, the, the fact of the matter is magic typically I'll, I'll take that back. Lightning typically strikes in the same place only once. Can they create the same magic? I absolutely believe anything involving the Young Bucks can do good and Cody and the Bullet Club itself. But again, a year from now, a lot can change. So, you know, to subject them to happen to live up to the same, you know, um, this, you know, the same spectacle that they put on, that's 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 hard to think about. So to do we need yeah. it? The answer is no. But if we get it, yeah, absolutely. The only reason why I say we need it is maybe this is more a dream scenario for me. I would like this to open up a scenario where you can finally have a company that can compete against WWE at some level to make sure you understand the difference between how companies can, can compete against each other like we grew up. Because the time frame that we grew up in was great because we always had something fighting something. We had ESPN NFL 2K fighting Madden. We had WCW fighting WWE. Um, we had Super Nintendo fighting Sega Genesis. <laughs> we always had a component where it was two, two beasts fighting against each other and trying yeah. to see who was going to be on top. Yeah, and I think this can start that, but it will take a while to complete it. But this shows me that this can be some type of competition instead of an always monopolized where it's one company you go to for mainstream entertainment or wrestling. Well, WWE, I mean, I'm sorry, All In isn't a company. It's self-funded, so that's right. not going to work. And also, to your point, too, everything that you name, one of those no longer exists on each side. So do you want to, again, subject them to... the? <laughs> First of all, they got to take down the small fish. And the small fish is something like impact. Before mm -hmm. you start talking about going against the giant. Now, yes, the Cleveland Browns do have a good roster, but do you want to put them against the Pats for 16 weeks straight? Put doubt them on it. hard knocks. They might, they might do something doubt for it. 16 straight weeks. <laughs> yeah, doubt it. Doubt it, no, doubt my, it, doubt it. That is, you're not going to beat WWE at their all game. They're, they're Walmart. Yeah. That merged with Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, but, and, and more importantly than that, I think that's one thing that we're forgetting. WWE does very well at WWE-style wrestling. Yep, yep, yep. And that's fine. For the millions of people that enjoy that particular style of wrestling, uh, have that. Yeah. NXT is atypical of WWE style wrestling, and that attracts a different audience. Mm. 205 Live is another Same niche thing. that attracts a different audience. Um, and now they're breaking into other territories, into UK. India, into China, into the England, into Australia, yeah. See, into Latin America. Yeah, this book. To sum that point up, basically, is that, you know, all in is in Chicago. They can never take down the global juggernaut where WWE is like, okay, U.S. is very fine. We know what we're making here. And the U.K., we pretty much got down like, and now what other territories can we get? All in just that, took over Chicago. That actually wasn't my point at all. My, my point was, if you, you don't have to compete with WWE, it's the wrestling world. There's enough room at the table for everybody. And the fact that we saw people from Impact, from Ring of Honor, from New Japan, uh, you know, popular, uh, notable independent wrestlers, all in the same ring, in the same space and time, 
it doesn't matter what WWE is doing. Uh, and that's the same thing now. Who cares what, what happened on Raw if I like New Japan? You don't, there's room for everything. So if WWE or CMLL, which I think they had some, yeah, they had a uh, uh, bandito was there. So yeah, I mean, there's room for everybody. So I don't think they have to be the next anything. They have to be the first them. And, and just by you saying that, I agree with everything you said, especially that last statement. And the reason why I want to take that last statement is I want it to be a point. And once again, this is this is dream thinking, because you're absolutely right how WWE style of wrestling is for a particular audience. And like you said, it's enough room at the table for everybody to grab it. Just like when the NFL, XFL comes out, that's going to be an audience that, that's going to like <laughs> that compared to the NFL. I, I get I it. I get that. it. But, but I, I it, not that. a direct parallel. But going back to my point. I want it to be a way, and maybe, once again, I, I may be homerish because I love Cody Rhodes and what he did and tried to make it on his own. I want it to be a way where somebody can be the first, like you said, the first to say, I'm going to start from ground zero, make my own personal way where I don't need WWE to make myself famous in wrestling. I can make sure I can do this my own way to get myself money and finance my own self to put myself at the top of the industry but not using the... The major but that's literally the independent scene. That's the definition of the independent scene. Is it, or is it people trying to work their way up to get to that WWE spot? One thing has nothing to do with the other. Because if you are working a CCW match, I don't know how you're doing that as a stepping stone to WWE. If you're working, it has worked for people. Right. I mean, I'm, that, I'm sorry. Say, look at Cedric Alexander. He could be a perfect example for that. Well, I mean, like if you're if you if you're willing and if you're noticeable and if you're good enough, then maybe they will come down off the mountain and and, and talk to you. Well, but I think that if you, but there are a lot of guys that are just as good as Cedric Alexander that will never make it to Connecticut. Yeah, before. I mean, it. it I mean, don't, don't be wrong. It is not. That's not a slight on Cedric. Cedric Alexander is one of the best in the country right now. Right. And right. the fact that you know that Ricochet wasn't in the door immediately after him is kind of kind of BS. Right. But the point is, is that. The next Ricochet is probably wrestling right now in Arizona. We haven't seen him yet because we don't live in Arizona. Correct. We know how good some of these indie guys are making their name, doing their thing, and yeah. stuff like that. Sage Phillips is a junior Daniel Bryan. I think in 10 years, if he keeps going at the way that he goes, you know, the way that he does it, you know, that's I think he could be that guy. Um, mm -hmm. He has that personality. I, I really think he could be that guy. But his road starts, like his my, my career mode, Starts in Indianapolis and it weaves through Virginia and maybe it gets to TV. You know, but but okay, that last thing, you can't tell me there's a better technical wrestler than Jonathan Gresham right now in North America. Yeah, I mean, and he's in a lead company. You can name names, and I, I won't dispute that. But he's in a lead company, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that he won't ever be on Raw. But why should that be a goal of his? Well, yeah, and again, I think that. I think everyone has different life circumstances and not more important. I think everyone has um, different things they need to work on before they know that their resume uh, pre is presentable for them to even approach Connecticut. Right. I mean, Tessa Blanchard clearly has every reason in the world to be down in Florida right now for NXT, but she just signed a deal with impact. She just signed with a deal with uh, w, uh, a w woman of a uh, woman of wonder um so you know it's not that the fact that she thinks she's any less or 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 not approving any other people but maybe she feels like hey i need to work on 
this and maybe i need to get my name out there a little differently than you know being you know just uh, a, a a third um generational wrestler you know it's just it's just whatever ever someone's prerogative is as to when they want what's their goal is going to be or when they think that their their time is their time and then of mm-hmm. course of course it all ultimately comes down to when wwe wants you so um there's a guy that said <clears throat> recently uh there isn't a man or an entity or anything that singularly owns professional wrestling we all own professional wrestling the person that said that was cody rhodes mm-hmm. after all in went off the air and i think that that's spot on and that kind of you know epitomizes I mean, what the all in event is i meant to say wow and woman of wrestling i don't know what i'm thinking right now <laughs> uh but yeah he's he's a, he's right and i mean he's making a statement because he's proven that you know he could go out he went out on the indies became a name he went out on his own limb and he you know he he reinvented himself and you know he's one of the most talked about people out there in all of wrestling but again that's you know yeah he gave the blueprint he gave the idea he gave people the hope but other people still gonna have to do it you know and you know there's gonna be other prime examples of people to come i mean neville should be the next case of that We've seen Drew McIntyre do it. Um, it worked out good. Look where he's back at. Um, and, you know, it's going to be more people down the line. There's going to be people on the opposite side who got, you know, popular on the indies, who got WWE looks, who WWE didn't want at the time, who may say, you know, forget it. I'm just going to work the indies or may come back around. So I think, you know, to get back on the track of All In, All In, as Jamal said, was a great display of how much talent how much talent firepower creativity and just and so on that's just out there away from wwe to be able to put up and together something such as all in and it was a spectacle as it was i think the closer the mainstream audience gets to realizing that there is not not good or bad because that's relative but there is a choice in what your professional wrestling could be. Yeah. Um, that's when we'll get to more parity uh, online. And yeah. unfortunately, that's going to be a long time. Is, uh, is a marketing genius. Yep. Yep. And that's going to take uh, a lot longer than people have. Yeah. To and convince people to not watch, uh, to watch something else along with the WWE. And I will, I will say this, then we're going to switch the topic. Hey, if you like WWE so much that you're not trying to hear none of this, then like it. That is perfectly fine. Dude. I ain't trying to hear none of this. <laughs> All right, I'm lying. Uh, you li- yeah, this is great point stuff. I love it. If you like WWE, it's your thing. You know, people if people like WWE for all reasons, like Jamal said. and, and, yeah, and it's Very just, true. It's just, I, the, the close, my closing point, we're moving on to the next thing, is that there's enough wrestling for anyone, for everyone. There's enough ways to watch wrestling for anyone and everyone. And last Saturday was just another display of how far, you know, we we came in the world of wrestling and how far and how far into the future we can go. Right. So, uh, I, I again, agree. Wrestling congratulations like to everyone. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think the, the biggest byproduct of All In uh, aside from the wrestling with himself, was to see how many people online that didn't know or had barely remembered, you know, other people in the, like everybody knew who Rey Mysterio was, everybody knew who Cody Rhodes was, obviously, but it was like, damn, I didn't know that Jay Lethal can still do it. I didn't know that Rey Mysterio could still do it. You know, I didn't know 
I don't know who Marty Skrull is, but I'd be damned if I don't look him up now. And that was kind of like the sentiment you know, that I expressed online, like, well, here's some YouTube links that you need to check out after All In, because it was, it was really a coming out party on an international stage for a lot of these people that have been doing excellent work um, for a very long time. And they finally got, you know, because it was a pay-per-view event in most of the world and yeah. streaming throughout North America, um, that a lot of people got to see new to them or discover um, the, these new talents such as Christopher Daniels in his 25-year career. But um, you know, they get to discover these guys for the first time, and it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people were pleasantly surprised at how well it went off in a non-WWE setting. Mo moving on now um, to our next topic. Um, so <laughs> I saw it, and I didn't think nothing of it because obviously <laughs> – MGK responded to Eminem and his trash. <laughs> yeah, it it and it, I, I saw and I didn't pay no attention to it because I figured that at this point now they must have had, you know, they just probably put out stuff to reach, and it is what it is. You can agree if you want. I guess it it all depends on when, when you were born, I guess. But anyway, I am talking about the fact that um, WWE posted on their um, Instagram. It was on their Instagram, right? I think so, yep. Uh, I saw it via Bleacher Report. Yeah, let me just confirm this real quick. Where was it at? Just give me one slight second because I want to be very, very correct here. Um, it was actually not. It was on, okay, it was, it was on their Instagram, yes. And this happened four days ago. So they posted on their Instagram the 10 best factions of all time. And I mean... Now, I know we say all the time how wrestling fans got short-term memory, but I didn't, oh my God. I didn't expect this from the WWE official Instagram I page. I really hope that a three count is number, it's in the top five. So anyway, I'm just going to go over it real quick. Um, number 10 is the Undisputed Era. Number nine is the Freebirds. Number eight is Nexus. Number seven is the Heart Foundation. Number six is the New Day. Number five is Evolution. Number four is NWO. Number three is DX. Number two is the Four Horsemen. And number one is the Shield. All right. Now, before everyone goes out on the tandem, do anyone agree with this? Nope. Heck no. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that the New Day should definitely be in that conversation. I think, that, I mean, obviously, I don't agree with the order, but I think a lot of those names should that's, be that's a, in that conversation. The only thing that matters is the order. If there, was yeah. 10, if there was 10 people up here and they say, here are 10 factions, then yeah, cool. But uh, the order, do y'all agree with the order? Nope. Allison answers flat no. out now. Flat the out now. Shield so. is not the greatest faction at all. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're better than a lot of the people on on that list. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna yeah. say, I'm not gonna say anything. Y'all y'all can have this. Y'all trust hey, me. Look, first all, I, if you can make an argument that the shield is number one, it's I, not. They're not. No matter of fact, that's a lie. Matter of fact, undisputed error is number ten. They shouldn't even be on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, how are they on the list? No, the thing, and the thing is, I, I'm gonna draw this picture for anybody that has not seen this. It says the ten best factions in red, and and then it says of all time underlined. So they're putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that you know all time. 
So that's a I mean, time. I would I would like to see the Nation of Domination on there. Or Thank the you. Ministry, or like the um, Aces and Eights. You know, I would like to see a lot of those guys that's, on there, but they that can't. Is, that's Impact, sir. Well, they said it all the time. All the, I mean, that, WWE just didn't invent time. All time in WWE, you Stephanie McMahon invented wrestling. She did not invent time. So I think you can, you know, if we're gonna go of all time, then we gotta say, you know, the mega powers, and we have to say, you know. So let's hold, on, but let me ask this question. Let's get some parameters first. Yeah, please. How many people? How many people are considered a faction? Is two a faction, or does it have three. to be three or more? Three. 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 three or more. Three. Okay, three. so it has to be three or more, right? Yeah. So, granted, like, like you, like. It was said in the nation of domination. I think the brood should be on there. It's like so many people, you know, that could be on there that's not on there. That I this is like a more of a like to me. If you're asking a 20 year old what what the greatest views, I mean, greatest uh factions of all time, this is what their list is. If you're asking somebody that's like a 40 or 50 year old, or even somebody our age, it's going to be different because we've seen so many better factions than the undisputed era, which is basically a rookie wait, faction. Wait, wait. It doesn't matter. Yes, they're number two. And let's okay. talk about this. It's a crime. A crime that the number five isn't number one. <laughs> a crime. It, look, look, I just want y'all to know that we're recording a podcast and people cannot see. It may not be seeing this right now. So please elaborate when you say who you're talking about. I'm talking about evolution. Should be number one. Okay. When you talk about everyone holding a title at the same time, you talk about four people that have had that heavyweight championship, and they're five. Yeah, That's a joke. Okay, so look, I'm jumping. Not better than the shield, I'm jump. I'm jumping in here. First of all, when we're talking about anything of all time, we always, you know, when it comes down to that in any other sports, you do talk about accolades. I get that. But not only just accolades, you always talk about how that person, team, or faction has revolutionized whatever sport or thing that they're in. Correct. So when you talk about best players of all time, you throw out people like Charles Barkley, who never won a ring, but played that yeah. position like an hour. You talk about people like Allen Iverson, who's never run a ring, who revel who who revel get my tongue tied. Who evolved that position? So you know oh. you you talk about stuff like that. And you know you don't have oh, to agree yeah. with it, but Alan Iverson <laughs> is a name that everyone knows, no matter if you like it or not. So he's all time no. scorer in 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 seventy sisters history. So in WWE, when you start thinking about factions that changed the game, but also was super decorated, obviously number one is the Four Horsemen, easily, easily. Nope. And then right after that has to be DX, obviously, because they're <sighs> WWE born. I'm disappointed. NWO number three. And then I will put Evolution number four. And then after that, then after that, yeah, I'll, I'll Heart Foundation. Then I'll put Shield. Then I'll put New Day. And then I'll put Nexus at maybe like a 10. But come on now. You got to put the ministry in there or even a corporation. How's that now? How are they not in here? It was so many versions of the corporation, though. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just so many versions. To me, I, I feel like with the faction, it's not only individual accolades. I mean, people break apart, they win world titles. But you have to look at it as, okay, when I was a faction, 
did everyone have a, a title at the same time? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, everyone at one time at Evolution had a title. No, you're you're not mistaken. That's that's absolutely true, and, and, and that's, that's a good what, point. That's what I call dominant. Wait, wait, wait. Doesn't, doesn't everyone in Undisputed Era have a title? Wasn't Cole NXT champion, and then uh, Fish and O'Reilly um, tag team champions? He wasn't NXT champion, but he had the um. The North, North American championship. North so he was, the Cole was the champion, and then he was a mid card champion, and then the the uh, Fish and O'Reilly before Fish got hurt. Yeah, no, no yeah, champions. yeah, yeah, yeah you're, then, you're right, yeah, but you're, they're not, they're right. not on this list. <laughs> they're just not on this list. You're right. They're on the list. They're number 10. <laughs> no, yeah. no, they but don't wait, belong on this list. So, all right, so, but when you have someone, you had Triple HS, your heavyweight champion, you had Randy Orton as your IC champion, you had Batista well, and Ric Flair as anyway, tag champions. By that logic, the Undisputed Era should be number two. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I get what you're I, saying. I, mean, I get what you're saying, but no. It's, it's if a, we're making that as a requirement that they have belts at the same time, then I, yeah, I right. And no, the Undisputed yeah. Era did that it, this year, it, making them at least number two. No, it, what, yeah, what, it what he's saying is, I get it. It put them in. It put them in a discussion, but it does not put them on his top ten not list all. of all time. <laughs> at all time, because. Uh, because number one, although they did have them all at the same time, they also did not uh-huh. maintain them all at the same time. So let's but not forget that he even quickly that, lost them. They didn't yeah. have they didn't have the NXT title. They didn't have that main title. That's true. And, and, and oh, so Dom- it matters. So it matters that there's only like four titles in NXT to, together, and there were only three people in Undisputed Era. And of the belts that they could have, Adam Cole's the first. North American champion, so there was no other belt be- you know, before yeah. that except the uh, NXT how, championship. How special was that? Well, how special is the European championship? But hey, it's a thing that exists. Hey. Bear, bear. <laughs> That's my belt. That is my favorite belt. We can't talk about my European championship. I'm not talking about your European. It's a prestigious belt because it is a belt. So let's not diminish the North American championship just because it hasn't been around that long. But it's a <laughs> mid card in that tier. It's a mid card belt. So it's the Intercontinental Championship. No. So what's your point? Intercon Championship is one of the most prestigious belts of all time. Just like the European it's not the more Championship. Championship, so it goes to the back of the bus. <laughs> okay, but Triple well. H had that title, so everyone in the group had it. So, oh, before well, Triple H had it, so that means okay. I'm just saying, by your <laughs> logic, God. by your logic, the Undisputed Era is number two over the Four Horsemen. Um, because if you no. want to tell me that it's based on titles because they all had it at the same time. Then, yeah, they did that. Nobody else did that. Uh, DS, those- D- DS did that too. Um, tag team, uh, Triple H with the World Heavyweight Championship and um, Xbox with the Cruiserweight. Yeah, but the Shield is the only uh, people on this list to have everybody, every member be a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, but also not mm. at the same time. They're currently all Grand Slam champions right now. Yeah, but it not they did not have them at the same time. They oh, were not. Know, they didn't have a. Okay, so right, they so, that's, so that's the only thing that matters. They have to have the belt at the same time, yeah. I mean, so then, so then, by based on this logic, it's, it's, then we're going to go. I'm giving you I, evolution, I, think, I guess, and I then we're going to go undisputed the era, and then DX. I think it, I think it shows the dominance of a faction at the same time. Also, too, like uh, right, so undisputed era is undisputed. Should we mention title reigns? Like, uh, how long did they have them? Like, uh, all these things. My my point is because 
I think I think with logic applied, it puts people into the discussion. But I think ultimately, I think it's how you impact the era of which you were in. And also, too, I think that the dominance of within that um, the faction and what they did at the time also made a difference. Now, if it was somebody just holding the title to hold the title, then so be it. So they all are decorated. But the fact that they were like the main focal points at the time and a lot of the programming went through them for a long period of time. I mean, that that's I think that's up for discussion. And I think that is just holding the title to hold the title. And he is the main focal point when he was when he was a thing there. And I also think that, too, how some of these factions influence other factions also is something worth being discussed. So let me ask that point. I'm glad you said that, Najir. So, so two parts of that. So as we look at this list, of course, WWE purchased WCW. I get that. But when you have a group like the NWO, which their N- uh, WCW dominance outweighed their WWE dominance, is that something to consider because they might not get a fair chance to be acknowledged because to me they were more dominant on the WWE side than when they became the WWE. So is that that's, also... That's, that's not... I understand where you're coming from, but you can say the, basically the same thing about the Four Horsemen. That's true. Uh, you can say the same thing about the Impact players. I mean, I would put them on this list as well. All right, I'm gonna change this subject because y'all just want to fool around. Like, how's it fooling around? <laughs> he, he, you don't agree with it. I'm dead ass serious. No, you don't even like Titus O'Neil, so I know you're not serious. So now I know you're just reaching for sure. Wait, wait, no, wait, I didn't say anything about Titus O'Neil. I said the Impact players with Just Incredible, Tommy Dreamer, oh. Raven, and and Lance Storm. I mean, like. As soon as you said that, first thing that came to my head was prime time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I'll never say that. <laughs> Ever. And technically, technically, primetime players is only two, so they eliminate themselves for this faction. But you can go. They eliminate themselves wide. because it's half, because one half of them is fucking Titus O'Neil. So that's a, that's that's just disqualifies you <laughs> from a lot, except that's... recycling bin because he's trash. You know, with that so... said, though, I think the shield has to be number one. No. Okay. I disagree. Well said. Look. <laughs> 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 The shield uh, in in time, the shield uh, will be number one. Yes, but for right now, well, I mean, your time is up. My time is now. You so Jamal, let me ask this. Hold on, no, no, no. Hold on. Oh is that God. is that a John Cena reference? Yeah, it was. Who is that? <laughs> sure is, sir. <laughs> so n- let me ask this, Jamal. Where would you put? I'm I'm gonna ask you three three impact teams in the in the attitude era. Nod, the the brood. And I'll go with the corporation with the rock within it and big boss um, man and all that. What would you place okay. those? To be fair, I only really liked the nation of domination. I okay. did not watch WWF when the corporation was a thing and I hated the brute. Um, so the nation of domination, if, if I were doing a list and if it were comprised of more than just WWE, then a lot of WWE people wouldn't be on there. I did like the Nation of Domination a lot, um, and I thought they were pretty damn good. And and I'm surprised that they're not on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let's okay. How about this? Because maybe we can agree on this. If you had to get rid of five, okay, trim this list down to the absolute best of the best. Yep. Which five of this list do you get rid of? Oh, that's a good one. That's I a disputed error. Think, I think you. The five, uh, the five I know yourself. you keep. The five I know you keep are the are whew, 
Yeah, I'll keep, you know, you honestly, keep, I'll keep the I would take away you there. Hold on. Yeah, me too. Yes, I'll okay, take away the first five. Yeah, one, one, hey, one at a time. One at a time. I, we'll I'm go keep, around this, the room. This okay, is the got five it. that I would keep. I would keep yeah. Evolution, Four Horsemen, NWO, DX, and The Shield. And, and The Shield. i keep the first five. I said the same thing. Yep. Uh, Marcellus, what do you say? Uh... Honestly, I would keep I would keep the first five except the NWO. Okay. And the only reason okay, why that's I blasphemous. You're getting ready to re- no. Who's your next person? Freebirds. I would put the Freebirds over okay. NWO. And I, I would, the only reason why I would put NWO off because I felt like they're not a WWE faction. I feel like they're a WCW faction. Mm. That's the only reason why. So let me ask you a question with that logic. Would you take some of Ric Flair's title reigns away then? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know what that, how that matters. Uh, because you're discrediting things that came from WCW. That's why. Um, um, would you take away some of the effect that um, Four Horsemen had as well? See, it, that's it, why Ric Flair's in the Hall of Fame two times already because of this. It, um, and, you know, who's your so okay? So let me let me ask y'all a question. I'm just gonna name some people and y'all tell me should they even be on this list? Okay. The, the League of Nations? No, I don't know who that is. No. <laughs> uh, uh, um, core? No. The, the core. The core is core no. is just an extension of the next. It's gone bad. I mean, it's still a different state, but that's why I had it. Is it is that's very true. It's very true. Um. Uh. What? What was? Oh my God! What was that stable called with Adam Rose, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, and oh, the Social Rejects? No, no. But you know what? Um, what's the what's the stable that had Godfather in it? Um. Oh my God! They had the uh, the tie, the white shirts, ties. Oh, oh the, the white the censor. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, um, I would put them over <laughs> them. Um, oh, I'm always down for Steve Blackman. So, oh, hey, would y'all would y'all put three MB on this list? Hell, no. um, well, they're a WCW thing. Three MB? No, no, it wasn't. Oh no, I'm thinking of three count. I'm always thinking of three count. What, uh, what's three MB? Oh, that's uh, gender. Um, and Drew McIntyre, yeah, transgender, uh, yeah. and uh, Drew, and um, he's Would y'all would y'all put uh, the Spirit Squad on this list? Absolutely, I would too. Actually, I really yeah. would too. Like they literally had a good run. Hell no, no, sorry. they literally had a good run. <laughs> and you got good old Dolph Ziggler in there. So no, sorry, I don't see it. No, I would take off the NWA and put the Spirit Squad there. I agree. Disrespect is real. How's it disrespect? You said the like the shield and and um, not the shield, but the undisputed era and era revolution are on the same page, and I don't see how that's not possible based on your logic. All right, we're moving on to our last topic because we're getting ready to run over our time. Um, all right, so look, moving on. So, so uh, we we me and Jamal also had a lot of conversation about this as well offline, which I said again, you make sure you register to that Patreon account and you can. Uh, get some of these exclusive conversations that we have way before we get them out for recordings and everyone can hear it 
as we typically do a lot of raw um just recording and stuff so that means you'll catch a lot of this stuff like on the fly while we're coming on from work and all other sorts of things so be a part of these conversations which that can influence other topics to go in the future so again bigobellgroup.com slash donate which will link you to the patreon account um, this next conversation has been something we've been talking about for a long time. There's more information coming out about it now and other uh, and other things that's uh, amounted to it. And it's our thoughts about NXT as a brand. Mm. Um, now, it's not this is not a reflection of is if NXT is good, NXT is bad. We heard all the things that NXT is doing. It just got the extension with the UK and uh, NXT UK. Um, they're still doing trials all over the world. There was a trial um, today, apparently, in Germany. Um, so, you know, they're doing their thing. And NXT is live each... Uh, um, excuse me. NXT is uh, on the WWE Network every Wednesday where you can catch it. But um, the first thing, which is um, something local to us that came about uh, last week, is that um, Evolve Wrestling announced that the Velveteen Dream would be working two matches with them um for the evolve what 113 114 i believe it is and um it will be against austin theory and uh and uh uh and the other one will be against uh darby allen so velveteen dream one of the key key and maybe top talent in or absolutely top talent in nxt so people think like velveteen and evolve like you know, is he in a doghouse? Blah 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 blah. People, you know, people getting ready out to run out on tandems about that. But okay, as something I've been talking about for a while, this is this is no stranger to stuff that NST is doing. We we see uh um Dale Tommy. He just worked uh where did he work, Jamal? Because I, I want to say pro wrestling Noah, but it wasn't Noah. It was uh where did he, where did he just work? Was it all Japan? It was in uh, yeah, it was in Japan, but. Um, no, wasn't it all Japan? Oh, was it all Japan? I don't, I don't know. Now look it up real quick while I'm going over there. Um, but we've seen Cedric also go back and work shows at Indies. We've seen uh, Pete Dunn go back and work shows. So, um, you know, this is not no penalty or you know the doings of anything. This is just something that um, people should be accustomed to with NST stars. Obviously, that Velveteen came from. Uh, the Washington DC area. The first show will be in Joppa, which is at the MCW Arena, which is where Velveteen trained at. Also, Leo Rush, um, as they worked for MCW at the time, so it's almost a homecoming for him. And we've seen top talent come out of the Evolve system, um, and also we've seen top talent come from the Progress system, which you know got uh, Mustache Mountain and Pete Dunne and, and so on, Tony Storm and all, so on. So we, we've seen people, you know, work, uh, come from these, uh, top independent companies, but also go back to work with them. Um, and my, my, my discussion, and I'm gonna throw a couple of more things at you guys and I'll open up the floor. Um, you know, and then also too, there's been news coming out about, uh, more about the Fox deal. And apparently that, um, there's been high and strong indications that NXT will be airing on Fox Sports 1 when this happens, um, as well as other returning programming uh, from WWE's past that was going to be streaming um, on there too. Or, or so, so with that, with, you know, with NXT moving to spots, Fox Sports 1, there's an opportunity that we may be getting it live. Who knows? There's more to be come out with that and so on. 
Um, but you know, with the deals that they're doing with these top independent companies, with the Fox deal that's happening on, and just with NXT takeovers deliberately uh putting on top tier matches over and over and over. Um, uh, what do you guys think about NXT? Or what's your thoughts right now about the current state of NXT? Um let me rephrase this and ask ask you because I know you went a lot of, you know, perspectives with that, but let me ask this narrow question right back to you too, Shane. So are we looking at NXT to be on its own brand where it does not need WWE or just going back to what Jamal said earlier, just an extension of WWE, like WWE Lite, or if you compare it to the NBA, it's like the NBA Summer League. All right, so here's my thing. And and I came more and more into this, this thought when I um, saw Velveteen Dream's pants on um on takeover and when it says call me up that leads me to believe that no matter what NXT is the minor leagues and whether we like it or not that's it's even viewed by by people there so you know how like sometimes you have these minor league basketball organizations first NBA has the G League well guess what I can go play overseas in the summertime and do whatever I want that's that's why I feel like it's going on, which is the reason why it's not a big deal when someone like Velveteen goes does evolve or something. Because face it, it, it he views it as a minor league to the, to the main roster. Yeah. Go ahead, someone jumping in. I talked a lot. No, no yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Um, that's why the undisputed era is one of the greatest factions of all time. Because even though NXT is considered to be a minor league organization, a stepping stone to the main roster, um, until WWE treat, takes them seriously as a third brand, or, or not even a third brand, just an alternative to wrestling. Again, there's room at the table for everything. What do you, what do you WWE, mean? What do you mean taking them serious? Um, because of the the tone the NXT is used. Uh, call me up, Vince, or somebody's getting promoted, or or whatever. That if someone's being promoted or called up to NXT, then what does that make NXT? It's mm-hmm. AAA wrestling. So you know, yeah, right, right. So you, you're talking about terminology here is the key factors. I mean, because no, uh, I'm, I'm no, I'm talking about the way they physically treat uh, the brand. They treat it as AAA a farm second class uh, minor league feeder uh, system to the WWE. And it, it makes sense because in the WWE echo chamber, their fans generally don't know who the hell the NXT uh, characters are, which is why a lot of them fall flat on their face. Yep. Until WWE decides to take NXT seriously as a alternative to the main roster. What did they need? What they need to, brand. Hmm? What did, and what did they need to do to take them serious? Um. If they want to move NXT to Fox Sports One, uh, cool. That that'll be a start. Mm-hmm. If they want to uh, have NXT record shows outside of Full Sail, they've already taken uh, their first four or five takeovers. Where Full Sail now they're not anymore. They have been a Full Sail to take over in about two years or so. So, and now they're selling out, you know, arenas, uh, whole ass arenas for NXT takeover. That's that's a thing now. It's not a uh, an anomaly anymore. So, and I'm not saying that they need to do that and to you know, do to make takeover special. Um, 
But I think that if they came here and taped an NXT show here, they have an A team and a B team in NXT. The B team stays in Florida and works to like, you know, wrestles at the Cheesecake Factory down in Tampa. And then the A team is actually off in Buffalo this weekend, uh, Detroit, Columbus, Ohio, and, and somewhere else. Um, because NXT is on the road this weekend. Why can't they tape an episode there? But but why why does it matter where is it recorded? If 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 they get the Fox deal, I, I think the first step is like I don't think the recording needs to be done remotely. If we get a live show from full sale on Fox Sports One weekly, that's better than them doing, you know, pre-recording and letting it come out in episodes. So I mean, when you're talking about taking serious and taking steps, progressions, I think that, you know, considering what Full Sail is as it being the arena, as they probably got a contract with them of some sort, they even probably got interns working within their production crew. Um, let's let's start there. We, but, we... but let me ask you this question, though, just in addition to that, it's what you said. So what would be the difference of NXT coming on Fox Sports 1, whether it's live or not, than ROH having their show? What would be the difference? Obviously, the time and and Fox is oh, yeah, the, the Fox deal is what it is. You're going to get way more television uh, exposure than you would get on the Sinclair broadcast at twelve o'clock at night. So, you know, seeing it on Fox Sports One, which is a, a station in most people's packages nowadays, is there. And who knows what happens next for Fox? As cable seems to be cable plans will seem to be. Uh, disappearing left and right. Fox Sports One may be its own streaming app or, or a part of the Fox app, which may be free, which it which also includes more exposure. So, you know, Fox is the Fox is the ultimate move there, um, and I think it's going to breed a lot of success for them. But I mean, like, and, and back to Jamal's point, I mean, when you talk about you know taking them serious, I, I do agree with what you're saying. I think people like Corey Graves are definitely making it. Um, making strides to that because Michael Cole does not reference, you know, NXT. But Michael Cole, I mean, I'm sorry, but Corey Graves always says, I've been watching this person since Corey, uh, since NXT and their career matches they were, and, you know, makes it as if it wasn't a thing that never happened, but is a thing that happened. I've seen this guy work Nakamura or blah, 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 blah. Like he, he, he says stuff like that. So, you know, I think a lot of the culture changes with a lot of the personnel. Nigel McGinnis is also a person that's also catering that as well. But I will I will say this, too. Um, the, the terminology of the main roster, I don't know if WWE ever references that exactly as much as the fans do. So um, when they talk about the words that they can and cannot say, a lot of the terminology, I think, needs to be under review if you're going to start to stop treating them like the, the black sheep and more as a third brand. But I absolutely think that giving them a, a prime spot on Fox on uh, on uh, on uh, FS1 is a good is a good start. I just well, I would just hope if you put them on FS1, then they have to be, in my opinion, treated as a third brand and not a minor league brand. So in that case, in point. And, and this may sound silly to say this, would it be somebody like an Adam Cole that would always be on NXT because he can grow NXT as a third brand? So that way, when you do draft, you can draft to the NXT in addition to um, Raw and SmackDown. Would that make sense? Or would your bread and butter have to come with SmackDown since SmackDown is supposed to be the A show of the FS1 while Raw stays on USA? So that's, that's an intangible where 
it, it's hard to say where you align it because you know Raw is still the top show overall regardless because that's where your money is with USA and your relationships and everything, even though they left and came back. But even if you put in SmackDown on FS1, SmackDown's supposed to be the bigger show. So are you going to use NXT as the same level show as that? Is that really the smart move? I, I'm just not sure. I mean, the, the check's been cut. And it's the fact of how they're able to use them on the Fox network, how much time they're able to get. I mean, I'm already seeing stuff saying that uh, SmackDown's moving to a Friday, Friday. and uh-huh. they're getting three hours. It may become a three-hour show. So, I mean, that's the time that they're allowed, and it is what it is. I don't think that makes SmackDown the the chance to be the number one show. I just think that each show is just going to present different things. And I think that, you know, if there's enough uh, writers or director, producers or whoever's backstage, you're just going to get different tones for different shows. But I think when you when you consider NXT as the third brand, I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding because you, you see people – who were and, and and then let's 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 talk about this with the Velveteen thing. Let's think about how these contracts may be structured now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got people who's been traveling all over the world and then they come to NXT. You right. think they want to sit in Florida? I think they've been traveling the world all the time. So you got people like Pete Dunn who comes and makes an appearance at Full Sail, who's back in the UK division r- working their tours, who's you know, who may do dark matches on SmackDown sometimes. Like you, you, you're gonna get stuff like that. And I think that um, you know, I think that that's where it's gonna come down to. It's gonna say, like, well, what 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 style of contract constitutes to this person's life better? Right. And I think that and I think people somebody like Tony Storm is a prime example as well, too, who is what, twenty-two years old and has been traveling the world and yeah, her dream is to come to WWE and get a and get a check. But again, do you think someone who's been working stardom and then goes back to progress and then WXW and then come to America and then do all these shows, you think she wants to be stuck in Florida? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that, you know, NXT is just going to be a different style of um, of contracts. And not only just that, the point that I made earlier is that it's going to be a landing ground for their feeded systems that's come from progress and evolve and all those other uh um top independent uh, top independent uh um promotions yeah, that they work that's, with that's that's the double a's nxt is the triple a and then it comes up to the major leagues i mean that's what it is that's why you get these contracts you have to sit up here and really think who on the main roster is able to do stuff like that oh uh, i mean no one's gonna be on cena's status for a while but yeah or the bellas <laughs> at that like, point like who's 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 able to you know on the main roster to sit up and say okay well I can go do this independent show I mean it doesn't happen. Well, well I will say this: um, Triple H did come out on a conference call and he was asked about main roster stars moving moving to NST and he says you know I think it's something you've seen you know the the last few couple of weeks every now and then um, uh, we gave efforts to people to make surprises. And that's able to keep things fresh. I mean, they brought the revival back for a time, and then they brought Tyler Breeze back. And he says, you know, I think the fans kind of like those surprises and shots. Uh, people love it, and it's like a homecoming for the people. He says, so I do think that we'll see it happen very easily. So um, you you want to know that I have one reason why it won't happen. Well, it's been happening. I, and I, I know. I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna give you, and you see the people that you name. Mm-hmm. What are they really doing on the main roster? I mean, 
the revival is in tag team. And, and again, it doesn't matter what they're doing on the roster. It's the fact that they still allow them to do it. The possibilities and the doors open to it. Um, so you're seeing people from the main roster working NST and you see NST people working independent um, matches. So I just think that, you know, this uh, ultimately, and I'll, I'll let you guys get a chance to get in there. Ultimately, I'll, I'm just seeing what Triple H is envisioning for the future sprinkle by sprinkle that he's just giving us a glimpse of different things that come about and remember all this is involved with nxt which is triple h's show so let me ask this going back hold on let me let me squeeze in there real quick uh d-wayne so let me ask this point now just by you saying that so nxt when it made this new evolve where it became a weekly episodic event on um nxt how many years has that been has this been Four, four years, five right. years now? That's a good question. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> because we keep using that word sprinkling for the future. Yeah. But what has the future been thus far in that five, six years? Just saying it's been that long time frame. And is it progressing the way it should be? Or is it still in that baby step slow mode? Until something big happens where this FS1 deal comes through. I almost want I almost want Jamal to answer here. But the big thing that needs to happen is Vince McMahon needs to go take XFL and run far away. As we see, Vince is slowly shifting his stocks over to X, uh, XFL. Yeah. Slowly mm-hmm. taking the seat back. You know, you had to give somebody that's willing to give their child up to their, you know, their son-in-law. Their prized possession in order to step from it, in order for something that has to be bigger. So the fact that XFL came back, that's big. Right. So, so here's my thing. Something like that to push Vince away. First of all, right now, I don't care how far you try to push Vince back. Vince is what we call a control freak. So no matter what you say or how you try to run things, Vince is going ultimately going to have the last say on everything. Sure. Except so for NXT, NXT, except for NST right now, it's yeah, not being that. Yeah. And if he wanted to, he could have the last say on that. Sure, yeah, sure. But the only the only way things will change is if, and I hate to say this, Lord, if this oh. dies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you will see the change that we want to change. Okay. Yeah. Well, we again <laughs> take the wheel. Take the wheel. I don't. I don't wish that on anybody. But yes, I wish that Vince McMahon will have a lot of fun with Exit Fail. And I hope the best of success for him in that, which should leave ample opportunity for Shane, Triple H, and Stephanie, whoever, to get their hands wet and involved. And, you know, again, after All In, you, they're paying attention. Vince, the, the, the stuff that the Young Bucks do, Vince can never keep up with that because his creativity doesn't flow the same way. It's so funny, too, if you listen to the Jericho podcast, Vince um, told Chris Jericho that the Young Bucks, oh, I'm sorry, he told Cody that the Young Bucks should have called them for help. He's like, hey, you guys need help promoting this I show? You should have hit me up. So, yeah. I heard that. All right, Jamal, you've been quiet. Go ahead. Get in there. Um, I, I think in general, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, Vince is going to do whatever he's going to do. Uh, I would like to see NXT have a bigger presence. But I think uh, whatever's going to happen isn't going to happen until October of next year. So... <laughs> It doesn't like right now. It's all it's all bluster. We don't even, we don't know what what's really going to happen. Yeah. If SmackDown is going to be a four hour show, um, <laughs> if they're going to have another draft between here and um, you know, and after WrestleMania, between WrestleMania and when SmackDown you know goes by itself, we don't know if, if SmackDown is going to be two hours and NXT is going to precede it uh, for an hour. Um, stuff like Which that. Which I thought should so, happen in the first place. 
you know, if NXT goes to uh, Friday nights, it could still air on the WWE Network first on Wednesdays, which, you know, is a thing. Nobody said that NXT had to be live. Um, and if they did that, they just re-aired it on Fox, it would give a different audience a chance to watch it because not everybody has the network. So there are different things like that to be done. Um, it's just more, whatever you have a chance to see more uh, Undisputed Era, it's a good thing. So uh, just keep it going. Right on. But yeah, I think I think I think the state of NXT um to close this conversation or my my closing remarks on it is NXT is fine. Um I'm never in my day would I thought that NXT would have such a like I don't even know the word, but such a, a abundance of talent that we've seen work all throughout the independence, all on one central stage, getting the exposure they all they all they all deserved and we're not seeing big variations of who they used to be. We're seeing exactly who they are with, you know, with the backing that they deserve. Um, Keith Lee is out there um, becoming the main, a main person automatically, like completely injected him right away. Didn't keep him behind stage and, you know, undisputed era ricochet, all these guys. And I think that um, come, you know, around February, cause that's usually when new signees come about. Um, it's it's gonna keep going, and you know you got Matt Riddle down there in the system now, so we we look forward to seeing how they use him. But I mean, just think about this NST roster. Like everyone's so screaming about send them to the main roster for what? NST is jumping right now. You can see it cheap, and you know sometimes they get out of Florida a little bit, but nonetheless, like it's 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 fine. And the fact that we're gonna get them on Fox, uh, ultimately could only mean that better things is to come. So. We'll look forward to it. And Jamal's right. We'll just have to wait and see how next year all plays out. Not to mention, you're talking about October next year. 2020 is the big year because that's when uh, XFL is supposed to be jumping uh, starting and, and jumping. So, you know, Vince should be far, far away from WWE ultimately and hopefully just overseeing, but not back there mic'd up with a headset uh, calling the production and so on. So, um, yeah, uh, got- no, he's mic'd up with a headset calling plays. <laughs> yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah, for XFL. <laughs> you guys got any closing remarks for this? Uh, not good stuff, man, on that. But you know, it's I'm just always interested to see where we'll go from here. Um, and we just gotta wait to see how the story plays out. Between now, October 2019 is a long, long time. Any a yeah. lot of stuff can happen between there. You just gotta wait and see what goes on. Yeah, Dwayne, I have nothing to say. I, I mean. Will. I think, and like I said, NXT to me is just a minor league until st- some stuff happens. Even though it might accommodate people's lives, at the end of the day, a lot of people's main goal from NXT is to get called up to the main roster. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Until uh, WWE decides that NXT is more than just a uh, stopping point on the way to the main roster, it won't be taken seriously. Mm. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our episode for tonight. Uh, it's been fun catching up with you guys. I think we covered a lot of good stuff. Uh, we we still got so much stuff we've been chatting about, uh, wanting to get out. But again, um, I this will be my third time emphasizing it tonight. Be sure to become a patron to the, um, <laughs> the BGB group. Um, uh, and and we appreciate everyone over the years that's been supporting us and asking about ways to helping us. Uh, keep things keep the lights on in here so we definitely um you know 
this is something we wanted to do for a while, but it's up there. Um, you can read our story about uh, you know, why why did we set this up? And you can look at all the different tiers of uh, becoming a patron for us. So definitely step over to our website at uh, biggoldbeltgroup.com slash donate and you will be linked right over to the Patreon page and do your thing. Got any questions, shoot us a DM. Um, a lot of the more exclusive content is coming out. Interviews are coming out. Um, just a bunch of cool stuff and you know we're always going to be live from Nova Pro. Um, so look forward to you know, seeing and meeting a lot of you guys that live in this area as well, too. So, um, but yeah, ultimately, you guys got any last closing remarks for the show or anything you want to plug or anything like that? Nah, man, just good stuff. I would keep growing. And once again, two weeks from 200 for, you know, that we're looking forward to. So just keep on supporting and we appreciate it. Yeah, we got to do something fun for the 200 show. Yeah, we'll see how that yeah. goes. Jamal, you got anything you want to plug in there before we get out? Um, Undisputed Era, uh, greatest faction of all time. <laughs> Based on the parameters we set, right? Yep. Okay, gotcha. Hey, D-Wayne, because who knows when the next time we'll see you. <clears throat> um, Roman Reigns is great. <laughs> Why weren't they number one? Uh, the believe question. in the shield. Believe in the shield. Believe that. That's right. Anyway, I hope to have them back soon for more episodes. But uh, you know, we'll be around. We'll keep we'll keep things going whenever D Wayne wants to pop back in. Um, and anyone else. It was good to catch up with Aaron last week. Um oh, wait, and, let me ask let me ask Jamal this question real quick. Jamal, um, what comes first? Bryce returns or October nineteenth SmackDown to uh October twenty nineteenth SmackDown <laughs> to FS one oh five? What comes first? Bryce comes first, all right. <laughs> I ain't like that. <laughs> you we'll see you try to play him too let me, say, I'm gonna ask, let me ask jamal he didn't even ask. golly <laughs> anyway for the big old belt group podcast um definitely appreciate you guys listening we will catch you guys next week <laughs>